Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and uh, give us a call, uh, 208-991-4783. Well, today's episode is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. Thank you so much for your support. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Sherlock Holmes, and this one's called The Adventure of the Unfortunate Valet. From New York City, the makers of Clippercraft clothes for men and more than 1,200 leading retail stores from coast to coast present that immortal character created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. Starring John Stanley. This week's story, The Adventure of the Unfortunate Valet. Quick, Watson, the test tube. Here you are, Holmes. Now, we pour this solution in the contents of this beaker and... Uh-huh. You see the cloudy white precipitate? I do indeed. What does it mean, Holmes? Death, Watson. A slow, creeping, and malicious death. We're at the door of Dr. John Watson's study, and we're about to hear another of his adventures with the fabulous Sherlock Holmes. Well, good well, evening, Mr. Harris. Good evening, Dr. Watson. Well, I see you're just adding your signature to a new memoir. Yes, Mr. Harris. This particular adventure took my friend Holmes and me out of London for a few days to the historic English shrine of learning, Cambridge University. Mm, sounds interesting, Dr. Watson. What's this adventure called? I call it The Adventure of the Unfortunate Valet, Mr. Harris. As soon as you have regaled our audience on the merits of Clippercraft clothes, I shall be very happy to recount it to you. Spring, as they say, is just round the corner. That means you're going to want to celebrate with a new spring suit. It's like a tonic for that worn-out winter feeling. And you can get it without spending a fortune in a Clippercraft suit. Because the new Clippercraft suits for spring are styled to make you look your best. Broad-shouldered, trim-waisted, the athletic look. And the price for all this super tailoring and workmanship is as welcome as spring itself. You pay only $45 for a pure-worsted Clippercraft suit. And if you shop around and compare values, you'll find your Clippercraft suit has all the workmanship, the new pattern effects, and the quality materials of suits costing many dollars more. And while you're choosing your Clippercraft suit, take a look at Clippercraft top coats in all wool gabardine or covert, only forty to forty-seven fifty. Yes, Clippercraft clothes make you feel like a million, look like a million, and still leave you money to spare. And now, Dr. Watson, what about the adventure of the unfortunate valet? As I said, Mr. Harris, it began at Cambridge, seat of one of Britain's greatest universities, a quiet place of mellow buildings and green lawns. 
And specifically, it began in the area of Keyes College, the medical college of the university. Holmes and I became involved because of my old friendship with Ashley Webb, professor of anatomy at that college. But actually, the story began at the home of Dr. Charles Stanhope, of the medical faculty, who at the moment was engaged in a violent quarrel with his wife. I tell you, Alicia, you've got to stop seeing so much of Professor Webb. The whole university is beginning to talk about it, and the faculty too. Oh, they are, are they? Well, let me tell you something, my dear Charles. There is nothing between Ashley and myself. Oh, so it's Ashley now, is it? <sighs> Alicia, for the last time, I forbid you to see Professor Webb. Oh, you do, do you? Well, I shall see him all I please. He's a fine man, and I'll not let you dictate to me. I'll leave you first. You don't mean that, my dear. Oh, yes, I do. That frightens you, doesn't it, Charles? You're a very clever, dear boy. You married money. But if I leave you, who'll pay your gambling debts in London? Alicia! They'll sack you from the faculty when they find out about your debts, won't they, Charles? You'll be ruined, disgraced. And if I leave you, I'll change my will, naturally. You won't get a shilling. Well, Charles, now are you going to be nice to me? Oh, I... Very well, Alicia. Thank you, darling. And since I'm going to have a few things to say around here from now on, there's one wish I want you to attend to immediately. Yes? I want you to discharge that new valet of yours, Briggs. Discharge Briggs? But why? I simply cannot stand the sight of the fellow. He acts so furtive, and he looks pale and ill. Get rid of him at once, Charles. Bath is ready, Dr. Stanhope. Oh, Briggs, never mind the bath. I want to talk to you. Yes, sir? My wife thinks you look pale, ill. You're feeling well enough? Why, I I think so, sir. Do you ever have pains in your chest? Well, sometimes, sir. Ah. From observing your eyes and the pallor of your skin, it could be symptoms of... Of, of what, Dr. Stanhope? Oh, it's probably nothing, Briggs, nothing at all. Still, we can't be too careful, can we? Suppose we step in my laboratory while I give you a complete physical examination. All right, Briggs. You may put on your shirt now. Uh, Dr. Stanham, I... what is it, sir? I'm sorry, Briggs. Terribly sorry. But you've got only a few months to live. A few months? A year at the most. Dr. Stanhope, you, you're sure? Positive. My examination has been conclusive. It's your heart, Briggs. There's a severe weakness in the heart wall. An aneurysm, we call it. A few months to live. I'm sorry. A few months walking a tightrope. Never know what moment will be the last. Waiting to die in your sleep, maybe. Wondering whether you'll drop dead in the street. Oh, Dr. Stanhope, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. What'll I do? What'll I do? Well, for one thing, Briggs, I promise you there won't be any pain. I'll give you a special medicine for that. As for the few months of life you have, I would suggest that you live. Live? How? To the full, Briggs. Have the things you could never afford before. Wine, women, and song. Wear the best clothes. Go to the theaters, the music halls. Live a lifetime in a few months. Who's there? Who's in my room? No, 
holding you here at the police station, the charge of murdering Alicia Stanhope. Eh, Webb? Yes, John. And believe me, I'm grateful that you should remember our old professional friendship and brought Mr. Holmes here to Cambridge. Professor Webb, I must say that on the evidence it would appear that you are guilty and that we're wasting our time. Holmes! However, let us review the facts. Alicia Stanhope was found murdered in your home last night, while her husband, Dr. Stanhope, was presumably traveling on the continent. Yes. Yes, that is true, Mr. Holmes. I, I had gone out for a long walk, and when I came home, she... she was there. The police believe... Well, they believe I stabbed her in a, in an amorous quarrel. But they lie, I tell you, they lie! I must confine myself to a healthy skepticism, my dear professor. At least until I'm able to interrogate Dr. Stanhope, who I understand is hastening back to England from the continent. Come, Watson. Yes, Holmes? Where? To the home of Professor Webb here. The official police have not yet removed the body, and I should like to form my own conclusions. <laughs> Observe, Watson. Alicia Stanhope was stabbed three times in the region of the heart. Doesn't that convey anything to you? I cannot say it it does. Oh, come, come, man. You're being obtuse. It's like a signpost on an open road. Holmes, you mean you know who the murderer is? Not exactly, Watson, but I know who he is not. Eh? But... Observe again, my dear fellow. Although Alicia Stanhope was presumably stabbed on this couch, there's no sign of blood on the covering. Jove, Holmes, you're right. Quite. The most peculiar phenomenon, Watson. Now, suppose we explore the garden adjacent to this room. Look, Watson. There are footprints here in the soil of the garden. Note how they go down into that steep gully and disappear in the underbrush. Yes, Holmes. There seem to be two sets of footprints. One going toward the window, one moving away. Quite. And they prove, Watson, that the killer carried the dead woman into Professor Webb's house and left her there. How'd you know that? Oh, it's elementary, my dear fellow. The tracks leading to the window are of a deeper imprint. Hence, the killer was carrying a heavy burden. On the return journey, as you see, the footprints are lighter. Therefore, he had been relieved of his burden. Jove, Holmes. You're right. Yes. Hmm. Oh, what is it, Holmes? This gully proceeds in the rear of several houses along the street here. And I shouldn't be surprised if one of them belongs to Dr. Charles Stanhope. Holmes, I hope you realize we're breaking and entering Dr. Stanhope's premises. I cannot be concerned with legal quibbling now, Watson. It's obvious now that Alicia Stanhope must have been murdered here, carried out to the garden, down along the gully, and from there into Professor Webb's house. <laughs> Rather a restless corpse, I must say. Oh, there seems to be a small servant room here. Yes. It's been vacated very recently. I... Uh-huh. What is it, Holmes? Note, Watson, the spoon on the shelf. It's covered with a light film of what seems to be some medical preparation. And it proves beyond all doubt that someone was here last night. How'd you know that? Because the film on the spoon is still fresh and damp. It hasn't had a chance to evaporate. Holmes, I... someone's just come in. What's the meaning of this? Who are you? We might address the same question to you, sir. Oh, you might, eh? But it just happens I am Dr. Charles Stanhope. And this is my house. Well, Dr. Watson, this is certainly an exciting adventure. And what happened after that? I shall be delighted to reveal the rest of the story to you, Mr. Harris. As soon as you've told our audience some pertinent facts regarding Clippercraft Cloak. You know, man, good style doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. 
You can be the best-dressed man in any crowd and stay within your budget when you buy Clippercraft clothes. A new spring Clippercraft worsted suit at $45 or a Clippercraft top coat from $40 to $47.50 has the styling and the quality that you usually expect only in clothes that cost many dollars more. Now that's because more than 1,200 friendly independent merchants from coast to coast pool their tremendous buying power to make Clippercraft's amazing values possible. In Clippercraft clothes, you get all the quality workmanship traditional of New England. New England, the home of the famous Clipper ships, from which Clippercraft clothes take the name. And Clippercraft clothes are sold by established businessmen whose business it is to give you honest value. That's why men who know insist on Clippercraft clothes bearing the Clippercraft label. So be sure to visit the Clippercraft store in your city. These leading stores in the metropolitan area are proud to add their names to Clippercraft in your suits and topcoats. In Manhattan, Saks 34th, Broadway at 34th, John Wanamaker Men's Stores, Broadway at 8th and 67 Liberty Street. In Brooklyn, Abraham and Strauss. In Newark, New Jersey, Boulevard Men's Shop, Kresge Newark. And in Jamaica, the B&B Clothes Shop, 16408 Jamaica Avenue. Dr. Watson, Dr. Watson, you were relating to us the adventure of the unfortunate valet. So I was, Mr. Harris, so I was. Dr. Stanhope had come into his house with his baggage, and he was stained with the dust of travel. But when we introduced ourselves, he immediately abandoned his idea of turning us over to the local police and became more tractable. He explained that he'd only just that moment returned from his trip to the continent, that he had not yet seen the body of his wife. But he was quite sure as to her murder. It was Professor Webb, Mr. Holmes. Ashley Webb. He killed her. It couldn't have been anyone else. He was mad about her, wanted her to leave me, and, and he killed her when she refused. Then, Dr. Stanhope, how does it happen that your wife, Alicia, was found at Professor Webb's house? I, I don't know, Mr. Holmes. I'm sure that he had some power over her. Blackmail, possibly. Perhaps Alicia had to go to his house. Perhaps she had no choice. I... I don't know. Uh, I'm afraid, Dr. Stanhope, this affair will provide a holiday for the gossip mongers. Uh, Dr. Stanhope, a question. Yes? Were there any servants on the premises while you were abroad? Well, no. I did have a valet named Briggs, but he left my service a week ago. May we ask why? Well, uh, he was in ill health, Dr. Watson. A very bad heart condition. A severe aneurysm, in fact. Poor fellow had only a few months to live. I see. And where might we find this fellow, Briggs? I believe you can find him at the Carlton Hotel in London. Well, Holmes, I confess I'm puzzled. Indeed? Why, Watson? Well, we telegraphed the customs at Dover, found that Dr. Stanhope did not pass through until the spot. Yes. Therefore, he, he couldn't have murdered his wife last night back in Cambridge. It's... Well, I hate to say it, Holmes... But you think Professor Webb might be guilty after all? Oh, yes. Rubbish. Eh? A single glance at the corpse was sufficient to exonerate Professor Webb. Yes, but how? Remember, the killer plunged the blade into the victim's body three times in the area of the heart. But, Watson, consider that Webb is a professor of anatomy. If he were the assassin, he'd obviously know how to find the heart with one swift blow. Jove, Holmes, you're right. Quite. But... How can a valet live in splendor at a first-class hotel like the Carlton? And secondly, how could a man with a severe heart aneurysm 
carry a heavy body along a strenuous path, up and down a steep gully. Yes, Elmer. More champagne, dear. Oh, thank you, Jackie. Don't Nothing mind like the old bubbly, is there? Ah, oh, the old bubbly. Makes a man forget. That's <laughs> what it does. Drink up, Selma. Drink up. Oh, Briggsy, you're a real sporting gentleman. Think so? I should say, a real top. The sweet at the Carlton and dinner and squab at the cafe and all the champagne there and is. And plenty more bubbly where that come from. All the champagne you can drink, dearie. You and me are going to do a lot of living, we ah, are. You'll on. have pretty frocks, and we'll go to the races and the music halls and live like royalty. Come on, drink up more of the bubbly. Briggsy, someone's coming over to our table. Uh, oh, who? Well, I don't know, a couple of men. I beg your pardon. Your name is Briggs? That's right. And who may you be? This is Dr. Watson, and my name is Sherlock Holmes. What? Sherlock Holmes? What do you want? Briggs, we understand that you were valid to Dr. Charles Stanford. As you no doubt know, his wife has been murdered. Uh, we should like to ask you a few questions. <laughs> ah, would you? Would you indeed? Well, I don't know nothing, see? I gave up my post with the Stanhopes a week ago. And as for a nib's good riddance, I says... Now, look here, Briggs. Uh, Watson. Yes, Yes, sir? Suppose we question this fellow another time. He seems to be in no condition to make sober answers at the moment. Well, Holmes, we didn't seem to find out much from this Briggs fellow. Oh, on the contrary, Watson, we did. What do you mean? Our friend Briggs, my dear fellow, happens to be an ex-convict. Eh? How'd you know that? Oh, it's elementary, Watson. The pallor of his face was characteristic of long confinement. And his hands proved the point even more. His hands? Yes, the kind of scarred hands any convict might acquire in the jute workshop of a prison. And uh, speaking of prisons, Watson... Yes? Our next step is to find which institution harbored Briggs as its guest. And after that, it would be most interesting to examine the fellow's medical record. Watson, look here. An interesting medical report. Very. What do you mean? According to the physician's report here at Newgate Prison, there's nothing wrong with Briggs's heart. Note, the report is marked excellent, and this is as recent as six months ago when Briggs was released. Yes, but that doesn't make sense. Oh, on the contrary, Watson, it does. You have the spoon we found in the servants' quarters at the Stanhope House? The spoon with a film of medicine on it? Yes, I wrapped it in a piece of paper Good. put it in my pocket. But what now, Holmes? Back to Baker Street. Back to Baker Street to conduct a chemical experiment. <laughs> Quick, Watson, the test tube. Uh, here you are, Holmes. Now, we pour this solution in the contents of this beaker and... Uh-huh. You see this cloudy white precipitate? Yes, I do indeed. What does it mean, Holmes? Death, Watson. A slow, creeping and malicious death. Quick, my dear fellow, get your hat. We must get to the Carlton Hotel at once. The Carlton? Precisely, to have another talk with a valet called Briggs. <laughs> Well, Briggs, there's the evidence as I've related it to you. You murdered Alicia Stanhope at the instigation of her husband, Charles. You still deny it, Briggs? <laughs> deny it? No. 
Why should I? You got me dead to rights. And what do I care? I'm going to die anyway soon. I've got a bad art, I have. And I'll cheat the hangman's noose before it's time. Uh, Briggs, I'm afraid you've been played for a fool. Huh? Yes, your heart's in excellent condition. As strong as an ox. That's a lie. Not according to an examination given you by the Newgate prison physician not six months ago. But, Dr. Stanhope, it's his diagnosis. He... He duped you and deceived you, Briggs. He lied to you about your heart, bribed you with money, and used you as a tool. You thought that with a severe heart condition you had nothing to lose. But you were wrong. Stanhope! So, he lied to me. He lied. You carried Alicia Stanhope's body from your house to Professor Webb's up and down a steep gully. A fatal effort for a man with your alleged condition. That led me to question the diagnosis from the start. And I could have lived. A free man. Without murder on my hands. And Stanhope, he even gave me medicine from the heart. Exactly, but that medicine happened to be a slow and insidious poison, Briggs. Stanhope wanted to get rid of you after you'd done your work. And you would have died soon, just as he promised. I see. I see. Holmes, look out! He's got a... Don't move either of you. Don't try anything. You're not going to take me in. Not yet. Not until I keep an appointment with a certain gentleman. He's just come to London from Cambridge. And I know you'll be glad to see me. Oh, Briggs, I... I what on earth... Hello, Stanhope. What the devil? You're carrying a revolver. You've got a bad art, Briggs. Remember what you told me, Doctor? With a straight face, too. Remember? I'm sorry, Briggs. It's bad news. You've got but a few months to live. Now, now Briggs... You lied to me. You cheated me. Made me kill for your dirty money. The thousand pounds you gave me. And then... Then you tried to poison me with your medicine. Didn't you, Doctor? Now, wait a minute. Get away from that desk. Don't reach for that gun. (laughs) <laughs> but I still got time to send you to... Oh. Make sure of it. Remember, Doctor. You told me I didn't have long to live. You're right. You're right. But this time, it's better this way than dangling on the end of a rope. Ribs. Ribs. I saw him coming here, Watson. But those shots were... Holmes. Good, good Lord. They're, they're both dead. Yes, Watson. We're too late. But note how justice has been done. They both have a bullet through the heart. <laughs> Well, Dr. Watson, that was certainly an unusual adventure. Thank you, Mr. Harris. Oh, I almost forgot one thing. Uh, Yes, Dr. Watson. A subsequent investigation of Dr. Stanhope's background revealed that he was not entitled to practice medicine at all. He had cleverly kept this secret for many years. see. But now, what about next week's case, Dr. Watson? Well, next week, I shall relate to you the adventure of the elusive agent. It concerns an interrupted honeymoon. The odor of a rare tobacco and a strange new British invention which made a dramatic appearance during World War I. The 
The makers of Clippercraft clothes and more than 1,200 stores from coast to coast have brought you another in the new series of broadcasts featuring the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. Our stories are based upon the character Sherlock Holmes, created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and the program is produced and directed by Basil Lochran. Sherlock Holmes is played by John Stanley, Dr. Watson by George Spelman. This week's story was written by Max Ehrlich, with special music by Albert Berman. If you don't know your Clippercraft dealer, write Clippercraft, 200 Fifth Avenue, New York City. The Red Cross is always ready, always there. You too can act and help through the Red Cross 1949 Fund. Be sure to listen next week to Sherlock Holmes in The Adventure of the Elusive Agent. This is Cy Harris speaking for Clippercraft Clothes. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Well, one thing that this season does seem to do, and this episode we heard today is kind of an illustration of that, is play episodes that really seem to, the strength of the episodes, not so much the mystery or the chase of uh, Sherlock Holmes, Rather, it's the sensationalization of the characters, of the crime, and uh, of uh, what is actually uh, being proposed. And uh, it was uh, quite popular, a lot of true crime uh, top stories, not uh, detective stories, and also episodes of shows like uh, Suspense. Uh, they would have episodes that focused on sensational uh, crimes. And certainly, this sort of thing did have its popularity in the golden age of radio. I'm not a particular fan of this type of uh, story, but uh, it did seem to play pretty well with the audiences back then as Sherlock Holmes's overall ratings uh, increased. Now, the next series is not so much a, a sensational crime uh, uh, story, uh, much more experimental when you get into the elusive agent. We're going to hold off on that particular serial uh, for just a while longer yet, though. I'm uh, going to wait while um, we have uh, a couple episodes after that elusive agent saga, then we, which is a three-parter, and then we'll play an episode we skipped, Blue Carbuncle, and then we'll come back to the elusive agent. So... Uh, we will get to all the episodes this season. We're just going to skip around a little bit. We have a total of 13 programs left in this particular series and a total of 30 episodes uh, with uh, Sherlock Holmes. We'll have a couple other things we're going to do after this uh, particular series is over. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us tomorrow for yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and then join us on next Thursday for another episode of Sherlock Holmes. In the meantime, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectors.net. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectors and call us 208-991-4783. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. <laughs>